You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family and welcome back to Auburn Roots, our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. We've been through 20 episodes at this point. I almost said 19, but it's been 20 episodes. We are now fully walking our way into the rest of the 20s. And for episode 21, We've got another special member of the Auburn family that I've reached out to and asked, and they have graciously accepted to come on here and tell their Auburn stories. And it's been quite a bit of a time for us to uh, be able to get this schedule. Uh, Holidays came up, big announcements got in the way, but I'm glad to finally have with me Scott Scroggins. You've probably seen him on uh, Twitter from time to time, talking about stats and many other things. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, Scott, but I just want to thank you for being here and being willing to tell your Auburn story. No problem. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, buddy. And look, if there's anybody that's going to upstage you and your Auburn roots, it's got to be the new head football coach, right? (laughs) Yeah, we were scheduling to do this and uh, then they decided to name a head football coach. So we had to postpone it, but uh, hey, that's worth postponing over for, for a few days. It is, absolutely. And obviously the holidays are as well. And it was the funniest thing is we we finally got a day set where you and I could do this. And then literally I'm getting ready to come home, uh, prepare for our discussion, and then the news drops. And I'm just like, wow, are you kidding me? There's uh, there's no way where either of us are going to want to do this. And thankfully you were the smarter one and spoke up first and said, hey, why don't we just wait a little bit? So we're, we're here finally. It's just an interesting thing sometimes how these things come together and uh, how sometimes some things have to take a little bit of precedence. It does not, however, change how important your story is, your Auburn story, and how much we want to hear about it. So, Scott, the way I like to set these things up at the beginning is for us to talk first a little bit about you outside of Auburn. And I know that may be hard to separate yourself from that because I know you're a huge Auburn family member, but could you tell us a little bit about who you are, maybe where you're from, uh, any other background information that people might need to know about you to get to know Scott? Well, I grew up in Selma, Alabama. Um, the only two places I've ever lived were Selma or, or Selma and Auburn, and uh, lived here my whole life. Um, graduated from high school in 2003. Went to the to a community college here for two years before transferring to Auburn, and uh, graduated from Auburn. Got 
an undergrad degree in accounting and radio, television, and film, and then got my master's in uh, communication. Uh, did an internship in media relations in the athletic department for my undergrad, and uh, never left. That was, <laughs> you know, I, anybody that knows me uh, knows how much I love Auburn, and so that just it, it worked out. It's, you know, it's worked out great for me, and uh, I really can't imagine being anywhere else. I mean, it's it's why I was asked to do this. I mean, it, it's something I love, I'm passionate about, and, uh, you know, I've always loved sports. Um, as we were talking about before we got started, um, I was born with spina bifida, and so I'm in a wheelchair, so I obviously knew from an um, early age that playing competitive, Competitive sports at that level, or you know, uh, you know, even at the high school level, probably wasn't going to be a path for me. So I found another path to get in sports, and uh, I, I actually, when I was in high school and going to the community college here, I worked part time at a radio station and uh, was a co-host on a call-in daily sports show, and um, did had some responsibilities with uh, high school. Uh, football on Friday nights on our coverage on, on for that as well and uh, just found ways to to uh, surround myself with sports because that's definitely been a passion of mine for really a, as long as I can remember. You really seem like a jack of all trades. You've got uh, media relations. You've been on radio broadcast uh, yourself for high school football. You you've called in to several shows. Uh, you really seem to have found uh, something that really sparks your interest. And, and it's interesting, as you said, you, you don't have the ability to technically play the sports that you're covering, but you found a way to be involved, not just be a spectator, but to be involved with them on a much deeper level. I mean, it's one thing for Kyle to go to a football game and watch it. And I, as I said, I keep alluding to these things. You're known for being a stats guy, but you found a much deeper appreciation for some of those things, especially with being involved with media. I had a call-in radio show. I was actually, um, the show had, had started and run for a, a little while. I don't remember how long, but uh, they needed somebody to uh, to join as a co-host, and they asked me, and I said, why not? And uh, so that was an opportunity that, that came up, and I took it. Um, enjoyed doing it probably gotten some interesting call-ins from time to time on those radio shows oh yeah yeah um no paul Feinbaum. (laughs) no no someone that you probably would like to cut off at the end of the day i mean that's your audience and and they're the ones that are um you know sparking the interest in your show and um at least it lets you know that people um are listening yeah and that's actually what you're going for I think that's a great mindset to have about that. You know, I think a lot of people maybe get annoyed by the more exuberant of guests and things like that that you might have in a media situation. But to me, that's what kind of makes it interesting and throws you for a curveball and, and kind of keeps you on your toes, so to speak. So I, I quite enjoy when you get kind of some of the more colorful characters, we'll call them, that call into radio shows. And I don't frequent the Paul Feinbaum show much these days and not even much back when I was growing up. But I do remember some of the characters and we all kind of, sat up in our seats when we heard those. So it's nice to see that you've had some uh, background in that area. Something else I wanted to ask you, and, I, and I, part of my setup for asking about where you're from and things like that, you mentioned Selma. We haven't actually had someone yet from the Selma area that's grew, that's grown up there and is very familiar with that area. 
Describe to me the Auburn, Alabama, or other SEC school. What's the breakdown there in Selma in terms of allegiances? Is it 50-50 one way, or is it like... Uh, it's definitely not 50-50. Okay. Um, what do we got working sure, with there? I mean, I, I wouldn't even really have a, a way of giving you a an accurate estimate, um, but it's definitely pro-Alabama. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I would think that would be pretty customary anywhere you go in the state of Alabama outside of Lee County. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a common theme. I think there's some areas that have a higher propensity to at least be more 50-50 for Auburn. And then I'm not shocked when you say that Selma it leans that way because, I mean, I know it's back roads, I, I think, if I've got my roads right. But Selma to Tuscaloosa is, what, maybe an hour and a half, something like that? Yeah, it's closer than Selma to Auburn. So you, the the obvious tie there, just because of distance-wise, is not that much of a shock. So tell me, in a town where you grow up, as an Auburn fan, with all those Bammers, what is that like? It's okay when we win. <laughs> uh, you know, yes, I've been known to be obnoxious at times, but I'm not really one that's going to go up to an Alabama fan and start rubbing it in your face if you don't come to me first. Right. But, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, to go back and forth. I mean, it is a rivalry. As long as you keep it, it's fine. But yeah. uh, you know, it, it is nice to to know when when we win that you don't even have to say anything. Them just seeing you—that's a lot of times that's that's all it takes. Absolutely, and I think you put it into perspective very much. So what this rivalry should be—it uh, should never get personal. Uh, I mean, we can take jabs all we want at, at each other as long as it doesn't get personal and just too out of hand. And sometimes, like you said, you don't even need to say anything. I mean, one of my favorite memories that I have is walking into a Tuscaloosa eating establishment and just having one single, not even a, like a bold Auburn shirt on. And these older gentlemen, just after we had just beaten them, just giving me this death stare. And I'm like, yeah, you know what's up this year. 365 days of this baby. So I would imagine even though you had to go through a lot in Selma, being very pro Alabama, uh, the moments where you did get to gloat and do it maybe even silently were probably very special for you. And uh, that I'm sure you prettied up Selma a little bit with that orange and blue that you were wearing. Oh, I remember uh, one of the teachers at my high school in 2001 when they beat us um, playing the fight song and shaking her shaker. And I just had to grip my teeth and take it. I mean, they had beaten us. They, <laughs> yeah. they don't. They not only beat us, they blew us out that year. But if you'll recall, that was the last year before Auburn won six in a row. And um, the next year, the Friday before the game, she was doing the same thing. If you recall, that was when we were going when the game was in Tuscaloosa, and Trey Smith was the only healthy running back, and fullback was hurt, and it looked like Alabama was going to get an easy win. Well, that didn't happen. So. Um, she had fun on Friday. We had fun on Monday. So, <laughs> and, and the five years after that as well. Yeah, those were some good times there, and we'd like to see those return. Uh, and uh, just for a little context of when we're recording this, we've already mentioned it before that this is right after or a couple weeks after the Brian Harson hiring as the new head football coach. Uh, so I think, you know, optimism is, is higher these days. And so maybe that seems like a, a higher likelihood that happened. But I love your take on the rivalry. And I, I always live by the mantra. If you, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. So that's I dish exactly. it out because I can take it. <laughs> it seems like we're very, very similar on that front. 
Uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, where you've grown up, Selma, uh, and the dynamic dynamic there, and, and your passion for sports and media. But a little bit more about your sports uh, passion. Obviously, not being able to necessarily participate in the traditional sense. Uh, what drew you to sports, even though you weren't able to physically maybe do that? You know, I don't know. Really, I I've just had a, a love of sports as, as really as long as I can remember. I, I don't know that there was one thing that that drew me to it, but uh, you know, I grew up in an Auburn family. Both my parents went to Auburn, and uh, you know, I've grown up going to to football, basketball, and baseball games my whole life at Auburn. And um, I don't know. I've just I've always loved sports and tried to to uh, surround myself. You know, just um, and you know, as much as I could with with sports. I, I, but like I said, I really don't know that there was one thing that that drew me to it. Well, sometimes we're not able to actually pinpoint why we were drawn to a particular thing, but we just know how it makes us feel and and, and the joy it brings us. Uh, so even if you can't define that, the fact that you found something that to really latch onto, and I think it makes it a lot easier to latch on to something big like sports when you've got something even finer to kind of hone in on. And that is surrounding Auburn and your love of it. And you mentioned that you grew up in an Auburn family. Is there any dynamic within your family where you've got some Alabama fans or is it mainly Auburn? Oh, it, well, we definitely have Alabama fans. I mean, uh, again, I think probably any family, you know, you might have to go to your extended family, but probably any family in, in Alabama, you're going to have that. So yeah, definitely we have, I'm Alabama fan. So how are relations right now between the Auburn and the Alabama fans <laughs> in oh, the family? It's fine. It's fine. Um, definitely have some relatives that like to uh, wrap Christmas gifts in newspapers with the uh, articles of after the Iron Bowl when they win. But, uh, hey, that, that's fine. I have not like, heard like, of like like people said, do that. As long, as long as you can take, you know, take it, you can dish it. But, uh well, I, I got to tell you, that's pretty creative on their part, and I actually may use that in the very near future when Auburn starts dominating Alabama again. Because that uh, props to them, that's very, very smart there. So, and it's cheap too. You can just get the newspapers, like you said, it probably costs a little bit less than gift wrapping paper these days. So, I love that creativity and the rivalry and y'all's uh, family dynamic. That seems like y'all keep it very, very civil uh, while having a little bit of fun within it as well. Uh, you said you were raised and an Auburn family. Was there any other school or fandom that ever stood a chance of overtaking Auburn as your top uh, fandom? Not unless it was whoever was playing Alabama. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's when people say, you know, who are your favorite teams? It's Auburn and whoever's playing Alabama. But no, to answer your question, no. I mean, um, when I was in high school and started applying to schools, it really wasn't applying to schools. It was applying to a school. I mean, I knew where I was going, and I took the ACT and got the score I needed, and that's all I needed to know. I, I was going to Auburn because I honestly could not see myself being happy anywhere else. So I always think about this, and I haven't asked anybody this yet. There's been similar stories, and I share one with you that I was I was applying to a school, like you said. What would it have taken for you to go? to an Alabama like what would they had to have offered you for you have to gone there as an Auburn fan um I always get asked that question but not as far as a student but as getting a job at Alabama oh even Um, worse (laughs) and I've always said well I'd get fired the first day so it wouldn't really matter but um 
Oh, the go to a student. Well, first of all, I would have had to not um, had the grades or whatever to get into Auburn. I mean, mm-hmm. that would have been first thing. Um, man, it would have had to have been a free ride, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I don't even know then. I would have. I don't know what I would have done. Money talks sometimes, but I don't know that it talks that well. Not when you're trying to speak uh, Bammer. No. <laughs> well, I was just interested to see what it would take to get you there. And uh, yeah, I think most people would agree with you that, uh, you know, there are probably some situations where it makes sense. And I would have been very interested to see you, Scott, in a situation where you get a job within the athletic department there because you just air out all their dirty laundry, like on day one. Like you said, that's the reason that you get fired. I can just imagine that right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll claim that. <laughs> so let's talk about going to Auburn. Um, remind me again and the listeners when you arrived, what you're there for, what your uh, goals are when you are finishing or when you're going to school there. Well, um, like I said, I went to community college for two years and, um, that would have been starting in fall of 03. So 03 and 04, well, we know what happened in Auburn football in 04. Well, I kind of agreed with my parents. Okay. I'll go to community college for two years but we're getting football tickets in 2004. Mm-hmm. Well, that worked out well for me. Um, <laughs> Timed it well. <laughs> um, I had a chance to go to all those home games in 2004 and also went to the Sugar Bowl that year. Um, but anyway, then transferred over to Auburn and uh, had always had um, an interest in not really accounting, but uh, my mom said, you need to look into accounting. So, I agreed, but I knew I had, like I said, I had a passion for sports. And so um, I pursued a degree in radio, television, and film while also getting a degree in accounting. And, um, of course, those have nothing in common. And, um, you know, if I if I had only done the accounting, maybe I would feel differently. But mm-hmm. um, I went to a meeting about sitting for the CPA at one time. And at that point, I'm like, I know I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And. So um, that's when I went in the exact opposite direction. But, uh, you know, doing that and then getting my master's, that kept me there long enough that I was still a student in 2010 when we won the national championship. So, wow. um, you know, by getting two undergrad degrees that have nothing in common and then getting my master's, it kept me there long enough that I was able to experience that. And obviously as, a, as an Auburn fan, that's something that, I'll never forget. And and not only being there, but working in the athletic department. So I was in the press box um, for all the home games and um, as well as the SEC championship game and then got to go to the national championship game as a fan. That's an incredible amount of timing on your part. Uh, just the fact that you are bookending and, and I'm aware that's a not a more closer on the 2010 side of bookending it, but fact that you are about to arrive there as the undefeated season in 2004 happens and then you're the championship year um i i don't know that there's a time in auburn history that you could have chosen to better have bookends in your time at the university and and in that light i'd I'd like to ask you i know you've were actually on campus for 2010 and got there right after the 20 the 04 what was the more exciting time to be on campus? Was it during the the heyday of the six in a row at Alabama, or was it at the 2010 season? I'd have to say 2010. I mean, you know, with 
the Cam Newton and, you know, the Heisman run that he went on and um, just all the crazy games he had that year. I mean, you know, that team loved to fall behind, but they always found a way to come back and win at the end. And um, so, yeah, I would have to say 2010. Yeah, it was a special year just for a little background for myself and something we can connect with again is I that was my senior year uh, was the 2010 season. And uh, it was it was incredible to witness uh, from the student section and how wild all of that was each and every home game. I went to a few of the away games and uh, it, it was an extremely special season. But, you know, I don't think people appreciate how much to how special the 2004 team was and that undefeated streak and how good they actually were and you probably had you know a a pretty good perspective of that as well uh being as as involved as you were in in your love of sports do you think the 2004 team could have been better than the 2010 if they had been given the opportunity to compete for the championship or do you still lean more towards cam newton well i would say one through 85 i would say 2004 but 2004 didn't have Cam, and they didn't have Nick Fairley. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can make a – I mean, definitely Cam Newton was the best player in college football that year. I don't know how you could argue against that. Mm -hmm. And you could also make a strong argument that Nick Fairley was the best defensive player in college football that year. And um, But, I mean, that 2014 was mighty loaded. Um, Mm -hmm. It would would definitely be a a great game. Mm -hmm. I think think it – Go ahead. I would take Cam. I think I would take Cam in that that situation. It's very interesting the dynamic between those two amazing seasons for Auburn. And you've got, like you said, I love the way you you phrase it. They're one through eighty five. I think they're better on paper. I uh, mean, the team as a whole was just stacked. And not to take anything away from the rest of the players in the twenty ten team, but when you've got talent the level of Nick Fairley and Cam Newton arriving at the same time on campus and I know Nick Fairley had been there for another a season or two before that and and building into the system but when you've got them rising to their highest potential at the same time with a pretty good team around them as well it's it kind of gets lost how great they how great they were but also the 2004 team as well we almost I won't say we forget about it but you know um, it, it just kind of is like we, there's a national championship versus an undefeated season. We're all bitter about the whole USC and Oklahoma thing, but that's just crazy to think about. And every time I hear someone compare about those two seasons, that's what kind of comes to mind here. Uh, you talk a lot about uh, being involved in the press box um, while you were uh, getting involved with media relations and the athletic department. I have never once stepped foot in that press box, sir. So you, and for me, and for everybody else who wonders what it's like up there, you need to paint the picture for us. Well, you know, since the press box has moved to the end zone, I have not been there. So when I was there, it was, you know, I was pretty close to the 50, between the 40 and the 50. And, um, you know, it's definitely different because um, I always sat in the student section growing up um, in the wheelchair section, section 17. So, I mean, I was uh you know it's definitely a different perspective when you're sitting in the student section as opposed to the back row of the press box <laughs> um but uh you know it's definitely different you're you know you're working you can't be a fan um you know no cheering in the press box but uh it's definitely um still excitement I mean you know all these people that you grow up seeing on TV you're like now they're standing right in front of you um, mm-hmm. but uh you got to get over that and realize you're there to do a job just like they are. Yeah. 
did you ever have any moments where it slipped a little bit or or were you just the the perfect professional the entire time take six (laughs) (laughs) i think anybody in their right mind even if you're not physically cheering for auburn at that moment you're just cheering because of the magnitude of that situation so i can only imagine what you were doing and saying in the press box during that moment it must have been i know you probably in some small part of you wish you were down in the stands with us but it had to be pretty cool to have the bird's eye view of it yeah both of those things are definitely true um but uh, i was just thankful to be there because obviously that's a moment that um you know even if you're not an auburn or an alabama fan if you were just watching that game I mean, you'll never forget it because it, it not only was a great play in Auburn history and Iron Bowl history, but it was a great play in college football history. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, to have a job that allows you to witness moments like that and the, you know, the prayer at Jordan Hare and, and just different things like that, I mean, it, uh, you know, it, it, to me, you can't beat it. Yeah, I, I'm jealous of you as we continue to talk about your story here. Uh, I, I grow more and more jealous of people as their episodes go on because I realize how much I feel like I've missed that on because of everybody's individual Auburn story. And it's unique for everybody and it's special for everybody. Uh, but it's just cool to think about what you've gotten to see, not just on the kick six, but other games as well. You brought up as well that you're standing or, or sitting in front of some of the greats that are passing through in the press box or working in there. So who's the the big name that you either got to work alongside or, or meet uh, while you were in there that you kind of sticks out in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that anybody really sticks out, but I mean, it's everybody that that calls games on the you know all the different networks that carry Auburn on the ESPN and CBS and and such. But you know, again. You know, you're there to work, so it's not like you just sit down and have a conversation with these people. But, uh, um, you know, you, you try to get over the whole, um, I don't know, starry eyes or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you just, like I said, you're there to do a job and they're there to do a job. But, uh, yeah. So, other than the kick six, what's the next best game that you covered while you were working in the press box? Mm, next best game. I mean, prayer. Jordan Hare was, I mean, the play was fourth quarter was terrible up until that point. <laughs> um, you know, I you know I think back to the uh, Cam Newton's run uh, against LSU in in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely a moment that that sticks out to me as well. Um, you know, I, yeah, I would say those are, are definitely some that that stick out. Yeah, I can uh, again. I'm jealous of the bird's eye view that you had up there in the press box and were able to witness those things while you probably had to be a little bit muted, except in the kick six, uh, you were uh, probably witness in, in a different angle that not many of us get to some of the greatest moments in Auburn history, but some of the greatest moments in college football history as well. Um, tell me a little bit about other sports at Auburn that uh, you're passionate for and uh, anything, uh, you know, I, I think there's the big three football, basketball, baseball, uh, but there's others besides that. So what what are you most passionate about other than football? Um, basketball and baseball. I mean, you know, I'll watch pretty much anything Auburn's playing because I want Auburn to be good in everything. Because I think um, when they are good in everything, the different sports feed off of one another. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, you know, again, I want Auburn to be good in everything. But you know, I'm a huge college basketball fan, even when when Auburn wasn't good. Um, um, even though college football growing up has definitely been my favorite sport, 
my favorite sporting event is March Madness. Mm. Um, I, lo- I love it. Uh, like I said, even the 15 years that Auburn wasn't in it, you know, I, I really think that's, that that uh, event is undefeated. I mean, it it delivers every year. Um, so, yes, definitely basketball and baseball. When it's a normal year, I think it is the greatest. I think it's three or three and some change weeks in, in sports. It is a, an event like no other. And while you were very lucky to be at a time at Auburn where football was king, even for that 2007 year, which wasn't so great, it, it recovered pretty quickly after that. Um, you were there in a time when basketball was not so great. Like you said, it's, it was 15 years then we ever saw the tournament, and you were there amongst that. Did you ever in your wildest mind take yourself back to that time on, on campus that Auburn would ever get back to that point as low as it had gotten during your time there? I definitely – I mean, you know, you allow yourself to, to dream of things like going to the Final Four, but I'm like, you know, you, you definitely wonder if it's ever going to happen. And then – Bruce Pearl happens, and as soon as he's hired, you're like, okay, I like where this is going. And um, you know, I I was not in Auburn during that season, unfortunately, but uh, I was definitely following it very very closely. And um, you know, it, you're right. I mean, you go through 15 years of what we went through, it makes you appreciate a run like they went on a couple of years ago, where they. Um, you know, they got hot at the right time of year. You know, they go to Georgia. Shima hits the shot at the end to win it, and that that sparked them. You know, they go to the SEC tournament and um, went four in a row, beat Tennessee in what was essentially a road game. And um, then, man, I mean, to beat Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky in back-to-back-to-back games to go to the program's first Final Four, I mean, other than – Winning the whole thing, I don't know how you beat that. Yeah. There are moments in sports, but obviously Auburn sports as well, where you feel like a team literally turns the corner. You know, I think what you described there, the shot that Chuma made at Georgia is obviously that for that team. I'm even thinking back to the 2010 football season, and I kind of consider when Ontario McCaleb came around that corner to seal the game against LSU late in the game. Uh, that was almost them turning the corner. I think there were a lot of turning the corners in that season because it was so crazy. Uh, but I think that's one as well that you can look back to. And it's extremely special. And even though you weren't there for this time, uh, you know, I think, like you said, it makes you appreciate this so much more this time that we're in. I mean, it would have been great if you could have been there for it, right? But <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely a magical run. And, uh, you know, before that Georgia game, I mean, they were seven and seven in the league and uh, caught fire. And uh, that's one thing that uh, is so great about March Madness is, mm-hmm. you know, you get hot at the right time of year, you just never know, um, you know, what could happen and who, who could win it. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system 
where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Outside of sports, and, and we all admit here that as Auburn family members, you know, the sports is the engine that drives the car, but there are still other parts of the car that require it to move and make it just as important. Uh, what what about being on campus as a student um, outside of sports? What do you remember most? Was it a class, a professor, uh, just being there as a student and the things you experienced on campus? What are some things that stick out to you during that time? Oh, uh, getting two degrees that have nothing in common for one. <laughs> um, you know, you go from a media class to an accounting class. That's a shock to the system. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was pretty low key. Um, I guess it doesn't really get away from sports, but uh, I was there when the wheelchair basketball program started and uh, had an opportunity to play with them for a few years and uh, had never played wheelchair basketball in in an organized um, capacity. So that was neat because, you know, like I said, growing up, um, you know, you just kind of accept the fact, okay, I'm never going to be playing playing sports at Auburn, and then you get that opportunity. It's pretty neat. and. uh, so that was a lot of fun. Now we went this whole show and you were going to tell me that it took this long, at least to tell me that you were on the Auburn wheelchair basketball team. That is awesome, man. Uh, we have gotten a, gotten a better appreciation for that because we've had uh, one or two representatives that have, you know, gotten uh, more familiar with our network as time has gone on. And uh, we've gotten some more familiarity with the program. So that that is pretty awesome that you were there. You like have done it all, man. you, Book in with 2004, 2010, and you go work in the press box, and you help start, in, in a way, the wheelchair basketball team. Uh, now, how, how good were you guys at the beginning of all this? Not good. Not good. <laughs> I love the honesty. But, uh, you know, I was grateful that, that they got it started, and uh, I've, I've followed them, you know, as closely as I could, and uh, thankful that uh, they've continued to, to build what you know, we started and, you know, I can remember we actually were playing in a tournament in Birmingham at Lakeshore the weekend leading up to the national championship in 2010. And before I even found out about the tournament, I'd already booked tickets to the game. And so I said, hey, I'll be there. The tournament, let's see, would have been, I think we played two games on Friday, three on Saturday, and we had one on Sunday. Well, the latest flight we could get out of Birmingham was early, early Sunday morning. I said, I'll be there Friday and Saturday, but I got a flight to catch Sunday morning. So I played five basketball games between Friday and Saturday, got up early Sunday morning, and flew out of Birmingham to uh, to Glendale. And uh, we were actually probably one of the last flights out, because if you recall, there was a winter storm that came mm-hmm. through at that time. And um, actually, the guy that 
ended up sitting beside us. Um, he didn't get there probably till the second quarter, and he said that they had a police escort, and they carried him off of the plane in his wheelchair and put him on the bus or whatever they rode from the airport to the stadium. And I said, yeah, we definitely uh, – we timed that one right and because uh, yeah. we were able to get out there. It was a, it was a bumpy ride. <laughs> but uh we made it and uh we were there um i guess the day before the game but uh it was interesting hearing his his story of how he made it out there it was a, a bumpy journey for not only the football team that year but for some of the fans to get out there it sounds like but it was all worth it in the end of it because we came away with that crystal ball and brought it home and it, it made everything so much more magical that season uh taking a step back further um and we as we said we acknowledge that it's not just all about sports uh and we talked a little bit about campus life what about the you've said you've lived in auburn for a while what is it that you love about auburn the community so much i mean i know it's obviously about the university that's over there but there's got to be something else that you love about living there other than just the university and the sports that surround it i mean you know it's cliche to say but i mean it is a family and you know just the tight-knit family aspect of Auburn and you know you um you never meet a stranger I I just I I, you know it's growing up in a small town you know going to Auburn I feel like you know it's 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 still a small community but it's bigger than what I I grew up in and so you still get some aspects of the small community but still there's more people I I guess is Mm -hmm. a good way of putting it yeah, well, you were very familiar with the small town aspect, but it's uh, I'm sure you are fond of Selma and the people that you grew up with there and your family, of course. Uh, but there's just something unique and something different about the Auburn family. And especially when you put that combination of that concept and that belief that we all share together in that small, quaint little southern town on the plains that it just kind of magnifies it. And we all maybe not be able to define it, but we know what it is and we feel it. I don't know that. You can describe it until you've until you've experienced it. I mean, I'm not. I mean, obviously that's been said over and over again, but it's been said over and over again because it's true. It very much is so, and it's something that I think we all recognize, uh, even if it takes us forever to define it. So, Scott, one of the things that people probably know you for is on Twitter, you're known as Scroggins Noggins. They've probably seen your little logo and everything, and uh, know that you are a stat master. And while you said that you had two unrelated degrees and majors at Auburn. I kind of see them as related personally. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but accounting and then media relations. When you combine stats and then sports, I think that kind of works the two together, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they do. Yeah, it it does. And, you know, a lot of people in the media, you know, they run as fast as they can away from any math. But um, thankfully, uh, I, I'm not like that. I'm not saying I'm a math, a math whiz by any means, but uh, I definitely like, you know, looking at stats and, and how, in a way, stats, you know, they, they, they tell a story of how a game goes and, you know, being able to pick out the stats that uh, actually mean the most and, and are, are the most noteworthy. Um, so, you know, once I started this uh, job and, you know, dealing with the stats a lot, you definitely, uh, it, it's hard to watch a game now and, and not think about, different stats especially you know even when it's it's not an Auburn game and not a game that I'm covering just a game that I'm watching I you know I 
I love the stats and, and how it relates to the game. I love how you described it, that, you know, it tells the story of a game and it's almost the game within the game. And I've learned to appreciate trends and things like that. And it can really tell you, you know, what the odds are that a game is going to go a certain way. Because I think as we sit back as a fan and just think about, oh, well, if if we just do this, this and this, then, you know, Auburn or whoever can be successful. But sometimes with you, you can probably understand that it's much deeper than that with some of the things that you're able to pick up on with your training and your understanding of math. Uh, does it ever kind of jade you knowing the real the real life statistical stuff, being able to kind of look at that and process that much quicker than everybody? Do you kind of realize, well, we're out of this or do you realize this? Well, there's no way they're going to beat us ever. Any of that time ever happened? Mm. No, not really. I mean, it's just, a, like I said, a matter of picking up the stats that, that really matter. Um, you know, like, you know, as a team known for running the ball or in basketball as a three-point shooting team, you know, you, you just you need to know um, what stats to look at and, and what stats um, really tell the story of the game. And, you know, it, it can be a lot to keep up with, but uh, – like I said, you know, once once I really got into it, um, it it's kind of hard to just watch a game and and not um, notice all of the the things that you know the graphics that you see on on TV, for example, and you know a lot of that comes from research that you know people in the media relations office offices all over the country, you know, depending on. Uh, what teams you're watching, you know, the research that they do. And, uh, you know, I got to admit, it was neat. The first time I said, hey, I did that research, and now it's on ESPN. Uh, you know, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's a fulfillment there that you have, that you've done all this hard work, these number crunching. And uh, sometimes, while that may go unappreciated, you know, I, I enjoy it very much when I see some little minute detail that I wouldn't have picked up on. But uh, men and women like you that, that, are involved in this and actually enjoy doing this type of stuff can find these little nuances that are just interesting sometimes to find out. And uh, we, we benefit it very much here on our podcast network when we talk about sports, obviously, and are able to kind of uh, d- digest those a little bit better because of people like you. So we appreciate your efforts and, you know, I always like to, to plug it out there to people. Uh, will we ever see a, a Scroggins Noggins bre- breaking out on your own and doing something big, like a big old website or something like that? Or you just kind of enjoy doing it on Twitter? Uh, right now, I'm going to stick to Twitter. Who knows what the future will hold and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's funny to me how, you know, you can come up with this great note and that takes a long time to research. And then you put it out on Twitter and it doesn't seem to be real popular. And then, you can come up with something that you come up with with basically no research needed and it blows up. So it's funny <laughs> how that works sometimes. And I chalk that up to the nature of Twitter more than the actual uh, interestingness of the stat, because all the stuff that I've seen you put out there, it's, it's always stuff that I, I would have missed or not appreciate as much if you had not put it out in the way that you do. So, so my encouragement to our listeners, if you are not following uh, Scroggins Noggin, you need to on Twitter uh, because he does a great job analyzing that type of stuff. You'll get a better appreciation for the the game within the game and the story within the game uh, by following him. So um, I think we're at a great point, though, Scott, to kind of round out your Robin story by putting you through the not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions that are going to be all Auburn related, uh, meant to be fun here. But we'll see. Uh, some of your answers may be a little obvious. 
because uh, they kind of lead you a certain way. But we'll see what your answers are. If you're ready, we'll get started. All right, let's go for it. All right, so we got 12 questions here. And uh, like I said, I'm always intrigued sometimes by the new things that I learn about people uh, in each of these questions. So question number one, choose one, orange or blue? Orange. Any reason why? I don't know. I, you know, I was there one time. Tuber was there, and they started the All Auburn, All Orange um, campaign. And I always thought it was um, neat seeing the stadium all orange on TV or in person. I always thought that orange to me kind of it, it, it to me is is a brighter color. It kind of it catches my eye more, but. I feel like I lean towards more associating Auburn with that navy blue because it's just it, to me it's just so pretty. But they work so well together. Uh, I have yeah, my yeah. I have my good friend Clint Richardson to thank for my appreciation of how well orange and blue actually work together uh, and his love of aesthetics. Question two: Choose one, Obby or War Eagle? War Eagle. Oh, Scott, you are now in danger of being taken over by the minions of Obby. I can't help you at this point, my friend. Uh, he he has his little minions out there, and he, if he knows that you chose, he loves his war eagles, but if he knows you chose them over him. I, I can't help you, so I, I think you're you're doomed to be smothered by a furry, fuzzy little tiger. <laughs> what do you love so much about the eagles? I think it's the greatest tradition in college football: the eagle flight um, before the game. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't think you can beat it. It is one of a kind and uniquely Auburn. And also, I mean, if you look at not just War Eagle, the um, animal, the mascot, but uh, War Eagle, the, the slogan, I mean, that connects the entire Auburn family. I mean, mm-hmm. you can be be anywhere in the world and um, hear those two words and it'll take you right back to Auburn, Alabama. It's an excellent point. And uh, I agree with your choice. Don't tell Albie I said that. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I do love your reasoning behind why you love that one in that in that choice scenario there. Question not to three: The fact that um, before I started working um, a lot of baseball games, I would sit on the concourse right behind Auburn's dugout, and it seemed like that's where he liked to park it. And um, then all the kids would come up while we're mm. trying to watch the game and be bumping into me, and so I didn't appreciate that, but. Well, it seems um, like you and Abby have some history y'all need to work through, so we'll set up that counseling session. <laughs> but hey, Abby's been a great representative of Auburn for a long, long time, and um, it's definitely one of the the uh, great traditions of of Auburn. And you know that's why it makes that question so hard. I mean, it is. you know, you really can't go wrong with either either answer, in my opinion. Yeah, you feel like you're hurting a family member by choosing one of them. But I, I force it every single time on these episodes. I, I force the issue because I want to see what people choose. Question three for you. What's your favorite part of the Auburn fight song? It can be a word, a line, the whole thing. But what would be your favorite part of the fight song? Oh, I don't know. I, I'd just say the whole thing. I would ask you to recite the whole thing now, but we don't, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to put you on the spot, uh, but well, I bet you I'm could gonna, do it. If I'm going to sing, if I'm going to sing, we might as well end this because nobody else is going to listen to anything else. <laughs> Scott, there are uh, many things that people uh, would listen, uh, le- less likely to listen to. And one of those is me, as opposed to you uh, singing, singing the fight song. So you would not be the thing that would end this sir. So I'm, I'm sure you do it justice. Question four for you. Probably an obvious answer, but we'll just ask it for, uh, you know, completion's sake. What's your favorite Auburn athletics program? Uh, 
football. But uh, like I said, I mean, I, if it's on, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got orange and blue, and they're chasing a ball or, you know, flipping over something or jumping horses. We love it, and we will watch it. So I feel that. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete? Cam Newton. And what would be your number one play for Cam Newton if he's your favorite athlete? Oh, man. I mean, I guess pass to, to Lutz to win the Iron Bowl. I mean, just that whole comeback. I mean, that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was an incredible game. And uh, for those that were there, I'm extremely jealous of you because uh, that would have been an amazing one to be in person for. And just the whole well, way the game worked out. Well, that was actually an interesting story. I, um, I had the opportunity to go with a guest of, of our office, and um, I ended up, I was not in the press box. I was in the stands, but uh, just off to the side of the press box. And But because I was going, not really in a working capacity, but still not strictly as a fan, I had dressed up. Well, I had dressed up, but I had not dressed warmly. And it was rather cold that day, and um, so there I am sitting in the stands. And even though I was in the stands, since I was, you know, going as a member of the Auburn Athletic Department, I was going to act in a professional manner, so I did not cheer. And, um, you know, there were a few Auburn fans around me, and I'll let them know, hey, I'm one of you, um, just FYI. And, um, you know, I suffered through the first half, and my, I, I should have started with this, but my dad, rode up there with me and he did not have a ticket but he texted me and said hey i found a ticket and Mm. i was as far away from the auburn section as you possibly could be and still be in the stadium and i'm sitting there at halftime i'm like well i don't ever leave games early and even if i wanted to he's got the keys so i might as well just stay i mean i was gonna stay anyway anybody that knows me knows i'm not gonna leave (laughs) and um I remember we all went into the press box, and it was a group of us from Auburn at a couple of different tables, and I'm not sure a word was spoken, but uh, another one of our student workers and I were chatting as we were going back to our seats for the start of the second half, and we both said, if Auburn scores on this opening drive to start the second half, we're right back in this thing. Of course, Mm -hmm. that's what happened, and um, that'll be a game I'll never forget. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole season's just got chock full of memories, but uh, there there are moments that you flash you and you start questioning, is this the best moment of that season? And I think that game and those moments within that are, are arguably up there and can win pretty much any argument if you're going to have that type of discussion. Let's move on to question six. Uh, your favorite Auburn coach? Whew. Uh, I guess it has to be a tie right now between Coach Thompson and, and Coach Pearl. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could break that and – you know, I can't say Coach Harson because he just got here, but right. uh, um, you know what both of those guys have done, and um, it's just been amazing to watch them build their programs. And I mean, Coach Thompson's maybe the nicest human being I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love both of them as representatives of Auburn. They are one of a kind, uh, both in, in in unique ways. Bruce Pearl's a character, but I think that's what makes him great. And I think the way that Bruce uh, or Brit, Butch leads the baseball team is is very commendable um, for him. May may I I may be reading into your answer a little bit, but let me make sure I, I'm clarifying this because this could be any coach ever. 
would that still be your answer? Kind of a tie between the two of them. If you were, if knowing that you could have any of all coach of all time in this question. Well, I mean, I, I think if you're going to go all time, I mean, coach Dye's got to be up there. I mean, just what he did for the program, you know, you know, not only winning four SEC championships, but giving the iron bowl to Auburn. I mean, yeah. you know, that to me, that's, was the biggest thing that happened during his tenure, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it will remember him for many, many things. And those, that is definitely one of them. Uh, and it's uh, because of all those things that we hold him in such a high regard. And even now, you know what it feels like many, many months since his passing. Uh, it's still just when you think about how special that man was uh, and, and obviously for what he did on the field, but what, for what he did in defining and encouraging and emboldening the Auburn spirit within the Auburn family is just outstanding and commendable oh absolutely i mean his his uh um what he did for that program you know obviously is still being felt today and will and will be felt for generations to come and there's no doubt about it auburn football is today is what it is today because of pat die and many others i mean it's not just coach die but he was obviously uh, a huge part of you know really one of the um best times of in, in the program's history and he should be, and will rightfully remain that way probably uh, and, and for eternity. Uh, question seven, a little bit away from sports. This is your favorite Auburn non-athletics person. So let me clarify a little bit. This can be anybody who's not directly associated with athletics. So it can be a family member. It can be a celebrity. It can be a professor. It can be anything uh, that I, when I think of Auburn, I think of this person. Uh, I guess it has to be a tie between my parents. I mean. Um, I am who I am today in a large part because of them, including being an Auburn fan. And uh, my mom actually grew up rooting for the other team. And mm. uh, she uh, grew up going to games there and uh, ended up going to Auburn and falling in love with it. And yeah. I tell her all the time, I'm thankful you did. <laughs> See, I was not so fortunate. My mom grew up an Alabama fan. And she still is to this day. Uh, so she has the bragging rights for 365 days, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that that's you get to have both mom and dad there. And I think that's a fair answer, a tie. So you don't have to play favorites. I won't put I put you in a lot of awkward positions using Obby and War Eagle. I won't make you choose between your mom and your dad. I'm not going to do that to you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We are getting closer to the end here. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building on campus or in the town, but when you think of Auburn, you think of this building. Dirt and hair. That's an easy answer for me. Too many great memories in that place. We'll keep moving along then. Question nine. Your favorite Auburn place to eat? Whew. It'd be somewhere on South College, Jim and Nick's. I mean, I know that's not um, just Auburn, but... No judgment from here. Lived, from where I lived, I could go in there and never even have to get on College Street from where I lived. No judgment here. It doesn't have to be something that's homegrown there. Uh, you know, there are places that are chains or smaller chains that are there that I still kind of like, oh, it may not technically be like a Mama Goldberg's that started here or a, or something like that, but I still think of that when I go there. And I, I think of Auburn when I think of this place because of the memories that are associated around it. So no judgment on on that answer. Question 10. Your favorite Auburn tradition. I think you've already answered that, but let me just make sure you understand the full context of the question. It can be sports or non-sports traditions, and it can even be something that nobody else has except you, like a personal tradition. But your favorite Auburn tradition? 
I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I do love the Eagle Flight, but uh, um, I also love riding riding by tumors um, after a big win and, and seeing all the toilet paper, mostly because it means Auburn won. And I love what, obviously, that, that signifies. And I remember um, when I got back to Auburn after the national championship game and riding down tumors, and it definitely looked like a blizzard had come through Auburn. I had never seen it like that. And just amazing. You know, it, and and two, if obviously I would not have turned down the opportunity to go to the game, but if I had not um, been fortunate enough to go to the game, I, I would have loved to have been at Tumor's Corner after that game. You know, because doing, you know, working the games, that's not something that I get to participate in. A lot of people had waited a long time for that that season and, and that and that night, and of course it'll be something we will remember forever. Absolutely. Question eleven: Your favorite Auburn memory? The, the when I think of Auburn, I think of this memory. Uh, same thing we've been talking about the twenty ten season. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that I, you know, if you made me pick one, it would be the Iron Bowl. But uh, I mean, there's just so many memories um, from that season. Your final question. And uh, I will make it a little bit harder for you. I want you to describe Auburn in one word except for family. Describe Auburn in one word except for family. Hmm. Well, that threw me a curveball. That's <laughs> what I love to do um, here. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's definitely the obvious answer. But um, <laughs> tradition, maybe? Okay. I like it. You know, some people probably think of championships <clears throat> across the, the state over there a little mississippi college uh but tradition uh, to me is something that's much more than wins and losses it's something that you look back on fondly because of the memories you have around those traditions and the people that you share them with so i think that's a very apt way of uh, describing auburn in one word if you were getting taken family away from from you which i did so i apologize for not making it easy on you (laughs) but i like your choice of of words yeah uh like I said, I've listened to some previous episodes, and I mean, that's, I mean, it, family is, is the obvious answer, but uh, it'd be interesting to see some of the other answers that you get uh, when you take family out of it. It is, uh, it's, it's always interesting to see where people's minds go. I think we've all felt from your Auburn story here uh, how much you appreciate uh, the sports, the fandom, the traditions. Uh, and everything in between. And we have uh, been enjoyed here at getting to know why you love stats so much, where you grew up, your background, uh, your time at Auburn, some of the interesting experiences that you have had as an Auburn family member. So, Scott, thank you so much for being a part of this show and for sharing your Auburn story. Thanks for asking me to do it. Of course. And we'll have many other opportunities for those of you listening to share your Auburn roots in the future. So be listening out for those. That's all we have for you on episode 21. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle.